All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's this time of the week again for this week's Thought Crime. Myself, Charlie Kirk, and the boys sit down. We break down all the latest on Jack Smith and whether or not the 2020 election was, in fact, stolen. Next, the question, to debate or not debate, what should Trump do? Third, Lizzo's Banana Republic. We also get into vegans starving themselves. Kill the Boer, the white genocide song that's sweeping the nation of South Africa. And then finally, we question, what is the Rivellino test? Get ready, because we're about to commit thought crime. From the age of Big Brother. If they want to get you, they'll get you. The NSA specifically targets the communications of everyone. They're collecting your communications. Boy, I got to be honest, the name of the show just becomes more and more timely as we continue. Blake Neff is with us, the increasingly popular Blake Neff. Tyler Boyer. Hey, how we doing? Campus Victory Project t-shirt. And Jack Posobiec, never heard of him, but he's with our, our show right now. Jack, who are you? They sometimes like typo uh, the our ad reads, so they mention this guy. That's why we found him. <laughs> I know, Jack, you look like something as a combination of Inception and Hell. It <laughs> looks like your background. but exactly, That's exactly, no, well, I'm in Washington, D.C. Well, okay, so that's what you were going for, Inception but Hell. Um, okay, let's, so everybody, this is Thought Crimes. The reason why this show becomes more and more timely is that this indictment right here, Blake, you've read it multiple times. I've read it twice. Tyler, you've read it as well. And Jack, I know you've gone through it. This actually the center of this is thought crimes. Is that fair, Jack Posobiec? Donald Trump thought things that you were not allowed to think. Well, he not only, Charlie, not only did he think them, but he had the even far greater uh, audacity and criminal intent, mens rea, as we say in the biz, to actually speak his thought crimes publicly at one point, believe it or not, from a microphone in front of the White House. And not only did he speak these unlawful opinions publicly, he even apparently shared them privately. He shared them with, you know, people that you're not allowed to discuss legal strategy with, like like lawyers, right? Of course, because that's illegal now, too. In fact, all of these things that he did, like cite laws and precedent and hold speeches and have opinions, those are all illegal now because we we named this show. What is this? Episode seven, episode eight, something. So about two months into the show here, we said it's we're going to call the it, show. It's an incredibly. Crime. And there we go. It, it is a it's a very appropriately timed show. So, Blake, I mean, look, you're you, you know, you're hyperdrive normie. Right. So you don't engage in any of the, you know let's say tribal tribal talk that Blake Tyler and I do, right? You're, you're just on team, whatever, you know, is the most normal explanation, but J Blake, you're the one that's like, this is insane. It's It's completely nuts. <laughs> like, you know, I've certainly had a lot of criticism. I we've even discussed, you know, the yes. other indictment where I'm like, okay, whatever else, this was totally avoidable. This one, this is bad. And like, you don't, it's not a matter of whether you think like any of the fraud claims are accurate or not. What it literally is, is they're basically saying Trump committed a crime by asserting that he believed in them and they're like we can read his mind he didn't really believe this this was knowingly false they use the phrase like knowingly false probably 50 times in that indictment and it's just over and over again what it will be is it'll just be like well you know trump's lawyer this one lawyer told him that this was not true and so after he's been told this that means it's knowingly false that he said that well 
No, they don't talk about who else told them these things, who else was Trump listening to, like what, who, who was giving these narratives to Trump that he was deciding to believe this. And literally they just decide to criminalize that Trump chose to believe one person over another person. So, so Blake, we have the indictment here, and I'll, I'll hand it to you, and you, I, I want you to find some examples. But can, can you cite some examples of that? Because I just, I'm yeah, sure you have the indictment for, for sure. you. Yeah. And, and so, so, Tyler, do you want to chime in here before I, I go back to Jack on this? Because, I mean, this indictment is multifaceted, but let's talk about the political side, right? You're like the great political mind of the generation. Part of the RNC yeah. actually cares about it. The politics of this is flummoxing, flummoxing the people. You know the base really well. Donald Trump's getting more popular since these indictments have gone down. Yeah, I mean, look, well... Let's take that first part. So everything that happens to Donald Trump, and this is starting all the way back to 2015, every attack that is made on Donald Trump from either the establishment or from the left increases his popular, uh, popularity, mm -hmm. and it makes it their job harder. So it's like crazy that we're still here and that they're going to the – it's like every time they keep leveling up, you know, I, I call it like the Wile E. Coyote type stuff, right, which is that – the Wiley Coyote is trying to do something more, like more insidious every time, and the Roadrunner still it, like outruns him. So that's kind of where we've been politically since 2015 and Donald Trump, and it seems like nothing works. Yeah, I mean, so Tyler, help me make sense of this, and this is a tangent while Blake finds the examples. Of this. I actually, I actually, I've just got it right here, like Good. on the same page. This is just talking about the state of Wisconsin. That same day, in response to the court decision that had prompted the Wisconsin governor to sign a certificate of final determination, the defendant, Trump, issued a tweet repeating his knowingly false claim of election fraud and demanding that the Wisconsin legislature overturn the election results. Then, two paragraphs later, on January 6th, 2021, the defendant publicly repeated knowingly false claims that there had been tens of thousands of unlawful votes. January 6th, that means they're charging for something he said in his speech at the White well, House. Well, uh, yeah, and so I just speech. Sure, but the, I, I couldn't disagree more with this. I've spent a lot of private time with President Trump he believes this. Yeah. You could think he's off the wall on it and all this. I think he's onto something more so than not. But you're allowed to believe things that are not You're allowed to be mainstream. delusional. Like you, you can, <laughs> This is you, the country. You could think he was Napoleon, and it would be insane for them to charge but, him. But, Blake, let's just play devil's advocate. What are we missing here? What, how is how are, how's the regime framing this? What's the crime here? Like The regime frame— If you were to, like, say, like, Blake, play devil's advocate, what is their—how could you possibly spend that? I, you know what I think it is, not to interject here, but the same way that they, and this is like kind of a more pertinent thing that we've seen in, in like real society, that speech is not protected in this. It, this is the, the case when people commit suicide, for example, is that if you talk someone into suicide or say something enough that it causes them to commit suicide, so you can be held liable. So I think what they're, they're, their angle that they're trying to do is this is in that same, that same vein that President Trump knows better. He knew the truth. He knows the facts. And he was still pushing people to do things that were driving them insane. And all these people went insane. You know, normal people went insane doing things that were they not they normally wouldn't do because of Well, Donald keep Trump's in mind, letter. they didn't so far. They might be planning to do this. There are signs they do. But they're, they currently haven't charged him with, uh, like, incitement to insurrection. They do have... Conspiracy, if you look on the front here, conspiracy, conspiracy to obstruct an official proceeding, and that conspiracy against rights. So what the conspiracy against rights is the crazy one, because what they're basically saying is by repeating all of his knowingly false claims about the election that he's destroying people's right to vote, that people have the right to vote and have their vote be counted, and he's delegitimizing the election with his, his scheme. And they do have, there are certain quotes in here 
like, you know, if you listen to someone for three months, you'll probably get a bad quote out of them. But they did get those quotes where, like, he's, he's you know, he's pushing Pence, for example, to go yeah. along with their idea for January 6th when they're counting, you know, say that there's a dispute mm-hmm. and we can't count them yet. And there's a point where he basically says, like, you're too honest, Mike, is what he supposedly says to Mike Pence while they're on the phone. And, you know, they're framing this as, like, Trump knew this was all a lie and was just running a really aggressive shtick of fraud because he wanted to remain president. And there's a few examples. They have to really stretch it because, like, there's cases where they say that, like, a person will say, like, you know, we have a lot of theories but not a lot of proof yet or whatever. And they're like, well, that proves they knew it was false. I think it's much more... Like these people, very they said strongly, that to Arizona, yeah, actually, they Rusty very Bowers, strongly yeah. believe it because, but you know, they're kind of vibe readers. Trump is very much a vibe guy. Like, yeah, he just believes so, the fraud. So, Jack, I, I, want, I want to get you in on here. You, you've read the indictment. What? what so, like, I mean, a lot of people listen to this podcast. They're not into this. They'll hear our rather forceful explanations of this, and they might be tempted to be like, "Oh, Charlie, Jack, and Blake, and Tyler." You guys are partisan actors. You're over-exaggerating. But, Jack, even from the most sober reading of this indictment, they're criminalizing disagreement that you can't look at an election and see something differently. Charlie, at at one point in here, I don't have the page number. It's section 44. But it it says, uh, December 4th, after four Republican leaders, I got the citation. You're going to love this. The leaders of the Pennsylvania legislature issued a public statement that the assembly lacked the opportunity to overturn the popular vote. Uh, doing so would violate the code. Da, da, da. And then the defendant retweeted a post labeling the legislators coward, period. So so they were actually going through President Trump's retweet on his Twitter timeline this before he was suspended. So this was December. He was dis- he was suspended uh, the next month. After January 6th, they're using retweets, calling somebody a coward, which guess what? You know, uh, you may not like that. You may say it's repugnant. You may say that well, I don't want a president who talks that way. You might be you know, part of the sort of never Trump national review crowd and saying, I, I think it's all reprehensible. No president should ever act this way. But calling somebody a coward or retweeting someone calling someone a coward is not criminal. And it should never be used as evidence of criminality. And I think that's what Blake is getting to here, that there's no criminal intent. What you see is somebody who is essentially trying to use a process. Now, you can make all sorts of arguments about was the process you know, followed correctly? Was he, uh, you know, was he doing things the proper way, et cetera, et cetera? But those are all process questions. Yeah. The point and- is... He's trying to follow a process. And by the way, and this is going to come up in court, he was acting on the advice counsel the entire time. And and count one really stands out to me, too. I want to say that it's this conspiracy to defraud the United States. And the framing is they, they use the fraudulent over and over again in uh, on page 22 of this here in Section 54. They have the December 9th memorandum, which the. Uh, the prosecutor calls the fraudulent elector instructions. That is what they are officially labeled in court documents, where they're saying, like, this whole scheme is to, like, diff- like they're trying to trick Mike Pence. Like, they're going to send in this, like, sheet of paper and be like, this is a trick on him. And, like... Yeah, that's but, not but true. Also, I mean, this was all... This was not a Absurd. mystery leading up to this, though. In the indictment, they have... And then Donald Trump sent out a tweet... Let's see what Mike Pence does. He has a chance. I mean, 
I just I know that this is not the best defense, but I think just from a layman's perspective, if you're launching a conspiracy against the United States, you're not live tweeting it. Well, like, it, you're not like, uh, let's see what Mike does. Like, uh, wow, there's some it, secret plan. Like, it, it, Char- Char- you were being honest the whole time. Well, Charlie, Charlie, well, Char- they do this thing. Um, I'll just say because they bring it up uh, all the time, and I'm I'm in the clip. The January 6th hearing brought up this clip where it's it's Steve Bannon, it's War Room, it's January 5th, and he had this line about all hell's going to break loose. Okay, right. I'm sitting there right next to him. I think Raheem Kassam's in the room, and <laughs> all hell's going to break loose. This is the line. And then they play that, and they juxtapose it with, like, the worst footage you can find of January 6th. As if as if Steve Bannon and and me and Raheem are behind there going like, yeah, yeah, now do this. Now do this, you know, prodding it all along when if you actually go back and listen to any of those episodes of War Room where, uh, you know, we were doing for on January 5th on January 4th on January 3rd on January 2nd, etc. It was all about holding a debate, literally holding a debate on the floor of the Senate to discuss all of these things. A debate which, by the way, and it has to be brought up, that Mike Pence said multiple times, including Charlie, well, at a that's turning a good point segue. event. That's a good segue. At a turning so point event, Tyler's the one. You see, Tyler's the one that unmemory hold this. And I, I was, I think I was sick as a dog during this. That's a whole different con- I mean, you remember that, Tyler? I was not. Yeah. I, mean, I, I was, remember that. I, I was, remember that. I, yes. was not, I was not in a good place. Super spreader galore. <laughs> um, but the, the fun things happen. Super spreader. <laughs> And uh, I, I was I was not I was not. Probably well. gave us all COVID. <laughs> or did you give me COVID? That's the real. Thing. No, no, that was 20, no, no, no. That was you're thinking of 2020. I gave you COVID in 2022. That was different. But I don't even know if what I had if it was COVID because it was way too intense it to was, be COVID. It was a weird. It was. It, a, I had like stomach issues. We, we, we mixed up like a specific batch no. just for Charlie we, Kirk. It targeted your bio-bombed. DNA RFK style. Fifty percent of TPUSA events get biobombed. It's like. <laughs> It's like, I, right? I, we have all these guys. Now we're sounding, California, okay? now we're sounding like libs. We're just like, I can't go to any event. I, I'm, no, I'm going, it's I'm, not a big deal. Well, it's everything like, causes disease. I, I'm going to say that I'm being facetious and joking, but I do have lots of weird jet streams over my house all the time. So I don't know. Oh, yeah. I mean, you do. <laughs> chem, chemtrails? Chemtrails? <laughs> I'm not going to call them anything, Blake, because <laughs> yes. it's going to get clipped. I've, I'm not going to call I've them anything. I've tested the fluoride right. levels in my water. So, okay, so you've, uh, go ahead. I just want to say this one thing. So this is a lead up to this. Mike Pence from about, I mean, this isn't, this wasn't mystery information, all right? The entire movement, there was an entire public debate about what could Mike Pence do or not do. And it officialized in mid-December when most of the electors were sent by most of the states from all across the country. So this wasn't like... So all the electors were sent. They have to be sent federally by federal statute, right? By yeah, what, what's required by the Constitution. All the electors have to be sent in Joel, in, at the, in the beginning of December. I can't remember the exact date. I think it's like December 11th or something. I think it was 11th or 13th. It's a specific those, yeah. date ahead of inauguration. And so this was, this, was not, this was not just questionable information. This was all going on. And so Mike Pence shows up to our event. And he's in the middle of just like, you know, riling everybody up. I would even argue, like, I think his speech riled more people up yeah. in December than I ever heard Donald Trump riling people up. So we get the vice president to come to our Turning Point USA event. There is just so much crap around this event. However, this was the notable quotable. And I forgot about this. Tyler in our group chat a couple of days ago was like, hey, memory hole, this thing has disappeared. 
Mike Pence was playing into it. Like, here's the thing. What Tyler's getting at, if I could add my own, you know, wording of it, Mike Pence was playing to the crowd. Mike Pence was leaning in to this idea, stringing out the drama. If Mike Pence was the stoic, I don't have the power to do this. Well, Mike Pence, well, you could have went to the turning point of maybe, guys, I want to manage your expectations. Nothing on January 6th is going to happen. I'm a glorified envelope opener, right? Yeah. He was playing into the drama. He was stretching this out. This is one of his few public addresses. People don't remember this. Very few. Very few. Very few between so the election and This got and clipped January. everywhere. I remember when he gave it. I was in the room. People were going crazy. No, and so people forget this because then, then we'll contrast this with, you know, yeah. Mike Pence in front of the John Deere dealership, you know, which is him with Martha McCallum, <laughs> where he's like, I'm nothing more than a glorified envelope opener, which, by the way, might be constitutionally true. Not my thing. Blake thinks that's true. I I don't know. John Eastman disagrees. Not my shtick. I'll, t I'll stick to my lane. However, Mike Pence, listen to the tone of Mike Pence here. He's playing into this. He's going full out enthusiasm, vim, and vigor. He's playing to the crowd, raising expectations. He created his own political grave is the point I'm making. Yep. Play cut 98. And as our election contest continues, I'll make you a promise. We're going to keep fighting until every legal vote is counted. We're going to keep fighting until every illegal vote is thrown out. We're going to win Georgia. Thrown We're going to save America. And we'll never stop fighting to make America great again. You watch. Now, in his defense, he means the Georgia runoff. Okay, he doesn't mean with Trump. But he, if you listen to that, his intensity, he's, he's crescendoing. He is in great. I mean, Blake, that's... He's not playing down. He's playing into the crowd here. And I want to just contrast that with now stoic Mike Pence of like, no, 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 I never had any authority. I never this. And look, the essence of he was raising expectations, right? I, I, I'm going to throw out all the illegal votes. He says throw out. Uh, and not on top of that, Charlie, I remember this speech, and I don't remember exactly what he said, and so we're pulling the clips right now. But this, again, this may be one of his only major the speeches. The vibe, again. though, guys. His, his right? entire speech. There, and part of the speech, right at the end, he says something along the lines of, like, keep up the fight. Like, don't don't quit. That, like, that, I think that was the agitate. end, I, I don't know. I don't. There was that a, was pretty close. He said, I mean, he said, we're going to keep fighting and all that stuff. The, now, listen to this. This is Mike Pence. With, transcript. This, this is Mike Pence with Martha McCallum. I, what's the. OK, yeah. Cut 97 at a John Deere dealership. Play cut 97. Well, I, you say, you know, the criminal process is separate, but put yourself on that jury for just a moment. If you were on the jury, would you say that this defendant, the former president, had committed a crime that day? Do you believe it rises to the level of a crime? Well, you know, uh, Martha, I don't know. I mean, honestly, I, I don't know the full case in chief that the government has. Uh, and, I, you know, I think I've said on your network many times that, uh, you know, I, I don't know if taking bad advice from lawyers is is a crime, but, I, you know, I would leave that legal process. And so that's not the best clip, but there's, there's a much better one where he's like, you have to understand, I don't have the authority, I don't have this. Blake, are we on to something here or are we being unfair? I think it's kind of being a bit dramatic. Like, one, he's hyping people up for the Georgia runoff, which, you know, he's actually fighting he pretty says hard every on. legal vote, any illegal vote will be thrown out. Yeah, what? and I would say, you know, He's maybe, basically appointing himself referee of, like, I'm going to throw was, out illegal votes. He, he and, wasn't talking about that, though. His, his entire, his, there was, I'm telling you right now, 
the all throughout the month of December, people were looking at Mike Pence around this conversation. And when he spoke, that context is important. His his conversation that he was having he was like, guys, like Charlie said, I want to make clear, I'm talking about Georgia. I'm not talking about anything else. That's not what he was doing. Well, the, but okay, but even he then, was, it's like, he, he says, in fact, his favorite line that he always said at every every speech is like, quote from Ronald Reagan, my second favorite president behind Donald Trump. We should pull that clip. Yeah, he we says should, that all we, the time. He said right. that all the time. Like, the, the, the dumbest stuff. I mean, this is December. <laughs> well, okay. This is, uh, and again, Blake, I, just the context of this is that this man who, again, gives off, you know, uh, there's a lot of great religious leaders. There's a lot of bad religious leaders. It, it, it's, it's fake pomposity. He seems like, it's yeah, like, he seems like he's just lying to people because he's like, my favorite president forever and ever, forever and ever, amen, will be like Donald Trump. all dad jokes, All right? the time. And, and look, everyone has a right to change their opinion. But again, going back, he, what he's saying today was that he never was on that ship. So, so, so Blake, and he was on that ship. Like, feel free to December. go. go uh, where are we wrong? Well, I just don't think. First of all, like, what are you guys mad at Trump uh, at Pence that he didn't do? That he didn't like decide? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm going to nullify the election because here's what would have happened if he'd done that, which I think is worth emphasizing. If Mike Pence had tried to say like, we don't know who won this election and it's in dispute. Probably the Joint Chiefs were going to step into the White House with a bunch of Marines and say, Wait, they Donald ha- Trump. They haven't done that. Yeah, Donald Trump, <laughs> you have to leave. I thought, and then, we're, I thought we're under and then like we the would really mil- be military in trouble. government. We are very, very <laughs> frankly, the only reason Trump is running for president right now is that he basically was told to leave then. Otherwise, he would definitely Two be things. in prison. Two right things. I want to make sure it's clear. <laughs> the the most extreme radical ask was to send it back to the states, not to nullify, okay? If you read Eastman's no memo, it's not sending so, it back to the states. Well, Eastman is ha- saying that mm, Pence could declare Trump to be president. I, I, and the, even in that Martha McCallum segment, she wrote an email where he sent that on January 5th saying, like, hey, go there. But let's pretend you're right, Blake. Here's my big thing. I think Tyler makes a really important point, is that Mike Pence, and if you could find the other clip of him on McCallum, he's rewriting history. He's like, I have no power. I have no this. But... If that's the case, why was he setting an expectation? Because look, to an uninitiated audience, you say, oh, wow, this VP, they have all the, this power. Well, they- what he said was count every legal vote and throw out every illegal vote. And he didn't say I, he said we, which basically to me encompasses let's, let's the court broad, system. Let's add broader <laughs> the context. The court system that you use to contest this. Like, the VP does, excuse let, me, the VP does not like set what is like being individual ballots being counted at best they say he can decide between two slates of electoral votes sent to him that's fair which i don't think i don't think you can say take that speech we just showed and say he was referring to legal and illegal do, do, electoral do you votes think pence did himself counted. any favors in the weeks leading up to that i think pence was in an impossible position i think nothing that i think you guys would not be satisfied with anything pence did other than essentially trying to nullify the election to throw it to Donald no, Trump. No, you know what? Oh. Let me add more context. I'm not I wanna, calling let, for nullification. Again, that is definitely what not, Eastman was I'm, calling I'm for. Not, I'm not getting in the middle of this because... I, I don't not, think you should go to jail, I'm, but I think that is essentially what they were I'm not getting in the middle of this because I'm not making comments on this for personal reasons, but here's... Let me add broader context to this. The broader context is that Mike Pence was part of the Trump campaign. So his legal advice that he was receiving was likely from the same source for the most part, that the, the people, the in infrastructure that existed there throughout the campaign and the two years, because this is what most people need to understand. The RNC and the presidential campaign are effectively one, right? They, they raise jointly, they spend money jointly, and so the money that was spent for legal for the RNC 
is almost synonymous with the money that was spent for legal by the president, which was almost synonymous with the, the money that was spent for Pence. So let's, again, and I'm just giving context here. The moment Mike Pence stepped out of the White House, right, or out of, you know, the, uh, the Eisenhower building, not the White House, the Eisenhower building, the moment he stepped out of his office, he did what? He got, a, he got two jobs, two really important jobs. Job number one, to help pay bills, Heritage Foundation. Job number two, Young America's Foundation. Donald Trump didn't do that, right? Donald Trump, you know, we all know has, has his own sources of income. But it's important context to understand the vice president. And I, I think this is important because the vice president was really, really focused on what his after office life was going to look like immediately following that. I don't think he was paying his own attorneys to, to give him advice in, in this moment. I really don't. I don't think, I think he was reliant on the system that existed, which the system is all big, one big system. The RNC, well, so the, the campaign, I, I the, even the president, the vice president. Trump ignored a ton of his lawyers because he sided with well, the ones who were telling well, him that this well, scheme would work. Well, Everyone's allowed stuff. to do well, that. They're definitely allowed to do but, that. But the Blake, ones, you can't have it both ways. He didn't. His indictment is that he listened to his. But name. I'm giving context. <laughs> He's getting no, it. no. Well, so I'm saying <laughs> it's you know, both what, ways. No, what, what I was getting at was that Trump was getting legal advice, and then he chose to reject that advice in favor of different advice. I just don't, I don't think well, but they're following lawyers. He was. He is for sure. I'm not disputing that. I'm definitely not saying this is a crime. What I'm saying is I don't think like the legal advice these guys are getting is super duper relevant because it was basically choose your own adventure on your legal advice. So, so, so Jack, Jack, <laughs> let, let me ask you this, Jack, from a po po from a political standpoint. And I want to play this piece of tape, you know, when you on War Room where you guys all look, you know, it's just it's hilarious. You got Steve Bannon with hair down to his hip. It's just, you know, the whole thing is like <laughs> really this is like three months into the whole thing. Right. No, this, this is, is like you guys all look like elected, it's like right out like of Castaway. All... It's unbelievable. Yeah. Like you guys yeah, are like, like talking to volleyballs. It's unbelievable at this. Point. Yeah. You got FedEx I boxes everywhere. Fire. Yes, and so uh, it's it's really something. But Jack, but I do have I do I, have the, I, the rest of that clip that that Tyler was looking for. No, no, no. I I, I know. I, I want to just let's whatever clip it is. Let's get it ready. But Jack, is there something to this idea that Mike Pence was setting the expectation throughout the month of December, increasing the drama and playing into it? Jack, is that a fair observation? Probably, of course. What, what Mike Pence is doing there is called pacing and leading, and uh, it, it's very obvious. So when it, pacing and leading is done in sales, it's done in interrogations, it's done in politics, it's it where you basically where you find where your target is, you you go to them, you match their energy, and then you start walking with them. Right. So what he's doing is. He's coming up and saying, and I have the actual quote right here, uh, a great conference, a turning point. Thank you for your support to the men and women of Turning Point USA. Stay in the fight. Stay in the fight for election integrity. Stay in the fight to defend that all we've done. And he's, he's continuing on about election integrity, and then he kind of moves off onto other subjects, talking about the, the administration. But the point is, is that he's casting the signals that he's with you. It's, it's kind of like what. Uh, what Tyler has said about Ron DeSantis and others about the two island. He's telling you, I'm on your island. I'm with you. I'm going to fight this. He specifically says we will continue fighting until every illegal ballot is thrown out. No, he's not talking about electorals or anything like this. He's talking about cleaning up what was done in the state. I, I because think this you're exactly right. And he's met with a standing ovation. So 
let's get to this here. This is this is you know war room when you guys were like an exile or something. I don't know what it's it's like so <laughs> amazing to see. I love it. It's like straight out of the archives. Play cut ninety nine. <laughs> All hell is going to break loose tomorrow. It's all converging, and now we're on, as they say, the point of attack, right? The point of attack tomorrow. I'll tell you this. It's not going to happen like you think it's going to happen, okay? It's going to be quite extraordinarily different. And all I can say is strap in. You have made this happen, and tomorrow it's game day. So strap in. Let's get ready. Excel the Patmos. Yeah, so they were, they were so exiled. First of all, the audio's all over the place. You know, Steve hasn't had a haircut in like nine months. Like, Strap so, in. It's going to be yeah, apocalyptic. So, 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 Jack, what's going on in this clip? And why, why, why is it relevant? And, and you could say, look, I stand by every word of it, and I'm sure Steve does too. Look, I, I think I said something along the lines of it's going to be historic. It's going to be something that the American people have never seen before, et cetera. And again, the reason it's going that to be you biblical. see it, it's going to be biblical. You're exactly yeah, cats and dogs living together, mass hysteria. That when you see the jump cuts in that clip, it's because when Steve is throwing out all those lines in between, he's discussing exactly what I just said. You know how I know? Because you can see me sitting there next to him in the clip. He's talking about having a debate. He's talking about going through the states. He's talking about these, uh, these ballots in Pennsylvania that were counted that should never have been counted. He's talking about the use of the the uh, the blanket um, at home voting that was done in Wisconsin, et cetera, et cetera. And we were going through these different buckets. And the plan was that people like Josh Hawley, people like other senators uh, and a number of congressmen and, and women were going to get up on the process through the process of January 6th and hold this debate in front of the American people for as long as it took. Now, as we all know, History took a slightly different, slightly different uh, path than the one that was intended. But that's what we're talking about in that clip. That's what Mike Pence was talking about on January 4th. If you play the video from that, where he says basically the exact same thing. And that's what Mike Pence was referring to. All right. So let's let, let's play some tape here that I, I think is instructive. This is one of Trump's lawyers. I kind of like this guy. I, Trump, Trump goes through lawyers like it's like we're on like season eight of the Trump lawyer <laughs> stuff. I mean, it's unbelievable. It's like the defense gave up against the dark back. arts teacher. No, it's, it's unbelievable. I mean, uh, I like this guy. I don't I don't know who he is. John Lauro. John Lauro. I think he's 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 got he's got his act together. He's done a pretty good job. If not, he plays a good lawyer on TV. Play cut 61. So at the at the end, our defense is going to be focusing on the fact that what we have now is an administration that has criminalized the free speech and advocacy of a prior administration during the time that there is a political election going on. That's unprecedented. We've never seen that in the United States, in the history of the United States. So literally what we have is an attack and uh, really an, an effort to, to not only criminalize but also censor free speech. And continue Cut 101, John Laura with Dylan Mulvaney. Well, those are secretaries of state who were making those changes in those states because of the, the pandemic that was happening. You talk about free speech. Jack Smith noted Trump's right to free speech and to contest the election results. But what he says in this indictment is that when that did not work, the defendant, your client, pursued unlawful means of discounting legitimate votes and subverting the election results. And that that is why he is being char charged here, not because of anything related to free speech. Yeah, but that's factually inaccurate because the ultimate request that Mr. Trump made to Vice President Pence was pause the, the vote counting, 
allow the states to weigh in ultimately and audit or recertify. And under Article 2, uh, Section 1, Clause 2, the, the, the actual responsibility for qualifying electors is in the state legislatures. Okay, so Blake, that's the retort to your position. It definitely is. I, I get what they're saying. From, but what I get at when I bring that up is Eastman's memo does say, like, I, you can say their plan is get it back to the states. But as part of their gambit, their strategy is that Pence will uh, say there is a dispute over the electors, so we can't count either of them. So there's a nullity. And they're going to nullify each of these six states where they, they have it in. And therefore, yeah, but we only well, on, count. Like, the I ones... got to challenge you. Where in the hell does the word nullification? That, I think you're I, inserting I, that word. That that seems I, to be I, like. Okay, fine. I'll use a different word. Let's. I actually have the the memo in front of me. Let's see what it says. Uh, here is the scenario we propose, and it will be. Uh, at the end, he announces that because of the ongoing disputes in the seven states, there are no electors that can be deemed validly appointed in those states. That means the total number of electors appointed is 454. This reading of the 12th Amendment has also been advanced by Lawrence Tribe. Uh, da, 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 da. And then they like set shout that they need 270 something. So what you're getting at, though, is that there was this, this legal opinion that the vice president could decide to say no electors from Georgia. Not that yes. I'm going to pick the Trump ones. I'm not going to open up I'm any gonna, of them. Like, we're going to not... It was sort of a it was sort of a heads I win tails you lose situation. Well, I think about it. So what he would say is that you need two seventy to win. Mm -hmm. We understand that, but like Wisconsin and you Georgia, have to win. We're not so, going to count either candidates yet until we have clarity. There was two options. He would say either first he will say there's a dispute, so neither counts, and then he would say Trump would win because he would have a majority of the ones where there was no dispute because there were only disputing states that Biden actually got in the final count. Yeah. And then, so that was plan A. And then if they protested and said, like, you can't do that, he would say, oh, if we need 270, then nobody wins, and it goes to the House, and house. the House has to vote. And that yes. was sort of the, the two sides. So I may have, I may have misspoken earlier and said he was going to pick the Trump which, one. I may have screwed up on which that Which Trump would have won the House vote. So well, that's why they were losing goes by state. Trump would have won the House vote. Because yeah, like, would Liz yeah, Cheney have voted for him? Yeah, it goes by state. We would have won 28 to 25. I'm not even right. I'm not 28 to whatever. If they vote. Accordingly, but would Liz Cheney go for that for Wisconsin? Wyoming. Wyoming. Or Wyoming. She would have been the one vote. She would have been the one vote. That she would, would decide be for herself. Fascinating. And yeah, she actually she would have been a sole decider. And the whole delegation like, votes as one. Yeah, the whole delegation votes, and so some you only have Which one. Has been done and some before. it would be some it would be mm -hmm. like you like only have a one. 1808 or something. Yeah. Uh, and then some the you only time. have a one vote majority for the Republicans, so one person could defect. So, so here is uh, yeah. Mike Pence auditioning to go auction off some tractors. Play cut uh, 103. And irrespective of the indictment, I, I want the American people to know that I had no right to overturn the election. And then on that day, President Trump asked me to put him over the Constitution, that I chose the Constitution, and I always will. And I, I, uh, I really do believe that... Uh, Anyone who puts themselves over the Constitution should never be president of the United States. And anyone who asks someone else to put themselves over the Constitution should never be president of the United States again. Okay, so two things. The, the immediate is we have a current regime that's putting themselves above the Constitution, but that's a silly political point. But no dispute there. No dispute Okay, there. <laughs> good. So, But I just have to say that. But, Blake, I want to summarize this, and we'll move on to how Lizzo's a fat slob. Um, <laughs> just... Do you, the important issues. Th this this false dichotomy where Pence is, keeps on saying overturn, overturn. 
I don't see any evidence that Donald Trump said the words overturn, wanted things overturned. It seems as if they wanted clarity from the states. What am I missing? I think I think that is very bluntly. I think Trump authentically thought he won. And I think he was he was truthfully searching for a way to make himself win the election. I don't think there was additional information they were reasonably going to extract at that point that would change the outcome. And like what is unfortunate about this is that I think Trump was guided along by people who were, frankly, very delusional during this period, where it would be one thing to argue that like the election was very shady, like like focus on like signature verification, and you're or like Pennsylvania law is unconstitutional. Yeah, you could you could focus on that, and one of the, part of the problem is I think by that point the legal challenge there had failed. Like that's what a lot of the Supreme Court stuff was about, right? Um, and instead, they just got very fixated on like these very wild claims about you know tens of thousands of dead people voting, and it just as you know as when you know people are pointing this out to him. I'm not saying Trump was required to believe this or that it was a crime for him not to believe it, but I do think that in the realm of factual reality, that the people advising Trump otherwise were correct. That there were not these hundreds of thousands of obviously illegal votes. That was being pushed by delusional people who also thought, you know, there were bamboo ballots and all sorts of strange, strange things is going on. From that. It is, but this I was, think this was talking about those votes in Pennsylvania, those votes in Wisconsin that were that were counted beyond the constitutional deadline. Uh, the laws that essentially allowed for or they, uh, they weren't even laws, by the way, they were orders. Well, the, that were sent down in Wisconsin, orders that were made unilaterally that, by true. Pennsylvania Secretary of State in contrivance of Pennsylvania state law. I get that. I get that. But they had a lot of angles for contesting that legally. And I do think by the time where we're getting mad at Pence for not going along with this, that their legal avenues had been exhausted. And that might stink. That might think the courts are rigging it against us. No, but the, that's not you the know, issue. The, the issue party is, that, is united the issue against is that us. January 6th, you know, it's funny the saying that way because – when you say January 6th, it sounds like I'm invoking uh, what happened at the Capitol. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. the issue is that January 6th was supposed to be the legal mechanism whereby in the Congress and Pence as in his duty. Yeah, as we never Senate, actually had it. We actually never had our actually go through this. Yeah, we never actually had our congressional time because the building was evacuated because of all the riot, the riot, which right. in some ways. Well, I'll, I'll be cl- clear. It wasn't that they, they couldn't us, do Charlie. it because they we evacuated. It's because. After they did this, no, the course. people saying they would do it kind of lost interest. Understandably, that's a I reality. Mean, what, it, it, you kind of deflates a little bit when you got five thousand sure. people that just go. But into I the think Capitol. that's an important reality. That I think it gets to the I fact that the people doing this, the, at least the congressmen talking about this, they were not serious individuals. They were going to make a protest that they knew would fail because they wanted to like make a gesture of loyalty towards Trump and you know show that they were like really standing with the base. But they were not serious people. And I think that is what is unfortunate about this is a lot of people, I think Trump genuinely believed this could occur. People like Eastman genuinely believe this could occur. But I think a lot of people allowed it to be pushed along and enabled when they knew it would not end the way these people were predicting because they essentially, they were basically egging these people on for their own political gain. And I don't think that's a crime. I don't think they were planning anything super bad. But I do think it reflected poorly on them, and they were, you know, they're kind of doing what we're accusing Pence of doing here. They were hyping people up for political gain, and it ended, in this case, it ended really, really badly in a way that I think was avoidable, and bad, bad for all the issues that all of us care about. 
Well, here, here's the one, again, I'm just adding context to the political side of all this. The thing to understand is that simultaneous to all this, you had a majority of Republicans in the House of Representatives who were wanting to step up on behalf of specific states. Uh, one of the states in question would be ours in Arizona, um, where that became one of the first, you know, um, on on the floor, right when they because it's alphabetical. Yeah, it's alphabetical, and so again, there's this this greater context, and I, and I think this goes into like what Charlie's saying, which I think is true, which is that, and what you said too, which is that Trump believes that there were issues in the election. There are now about fifty percent of the population in in Arizona, they've done recent polls, half the, the, the citizens of the state of Arizona believe that we have massive issues with our elections. And 2022 didn't help, right? Because there were lines, <laughs> you know, for miles at, at the polling mm-hmm. places. So people know and are aware that we have massive issues happening. Trump, I guess what's being said is that Trump is saying these things because he believes them. Well, and this is a perfect way to end this topic. You'll love this, Tyler. So yeah, go yeah, ahead. Yeah. No, this is it. Cut 104. This is Donald Trump's legal defense through and through in 13 seconds. Play cut 104. Jerry, just remember, it's not a lie if you believe it. (laughs) And with that, we rest How do we get that camera? How do we get it inside the Oval Office? (laughs) (laughs) Mr. President, remember, it's not a lie. If you believe it. Noble Gold Investments is seeing a huge surge of gold buyers and it's pushing gold over $2,000. It's right near there. Shouldn't be surprising. We're at the dumbest possible war with Russia. Why do we hate Russia? No one can answer that question except calling me a Putin puppet. The government also guaranteed all deposits of the second largest and third largest bank run in history. This means more money printing. And the Fed just raised interest rates by another quarter basis point. The only people who are not afraid is Noble Gold Investments. Gold is the most stable asset outside of any government control, from billionaires to multimillionaires to institutional investors. Go to noblegoldinvestments.com to secure your wealth now. Use promo code CHARLIE to bag a free five ounce America, the beautiful coin. So check it out right now. I think you'll really enjoy it. It is noblegoldinvestments.com, promo code CHARLIE, noblegoldinvestments.com, promo code CHARLIE, to bag a free five-ounce American beautiful coin, noblegoldinvestments.com, noblegoldinvestments.com. Portions of the Charlie Kirk Show are brought to you in part by Noble Gold Investments. So you get indicted for the third or fourth time. Who are you having dinner with? Maybe your wife, your family, your friends? No. Donald Trump was having dinner with the executives of Fox News trying to woo him into the presidential debate in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Jack Posobiec, should Donald Trump debate? Uh, So, you know, Charlie, I I, I go back and forth on it because, look, you can sit there with this sort of political analysis, calculation, operative hat on and say, well, if he's at 50% plus in many of these early states or, or 30 points, 40 points up in some areas, even nationwide higher, then... You know, you say you're already at a ceiling. The rest of the candidates combined can't defeat you. So why would you go debate and give them an opportunity? Because the calculus being that you can't go up much higher, whereas you could go down and you could give them an opportunity to go up. But at the same time, Charlie, I went on Don Jr. a couple weeks ago when when I was down in West Palm for, for Turning Point Action. And, and I said, you know what, though? There's something about Donald Trump. When he goes to these debates, he just dominates dominates the headspace, dominates the headline, dominates up there. And 
it was through his ability to just headshot these neocons left and right in 2015, 2016. Uh, that's a reference to the great can't stump the Trump videos of the time, which uh, President Trump infamously retweeted volume four, which included the the in- incredibly rare Pepe Trump, by the way, um, back when it happened, that that's really what gave him his renown early on and said that he was a serious politician. And I think he'd still have been at single digits had he not done it. So I guess I would say maybe sit out the first one because I get what he's saying that it's kind of like the JV squad, you know, it's the VP candidates, but you got to get up on that stage. You have to well, do it. Well, I mean, so he doesn't have to do anything. He'll win the nomination no matter what. I mean, he's up like 40 points in Iowa. Tyler, yeah, should Tyler, he debate? Think about the general. Well, I mean, what about, the, what about the general? I mean, whatever. I mean, think about it in terms of the general. You got to win independence, so, right? You're, I don't think you're going to win independence getting in a shouting match with Chris Christie. I, I don't think that you don't is think a, you don't think that he has the ability to break out in Chris one of these Christie. events and, and eat Chris Christie literally, figuratively, choose his head off. Well, I mean, independents are going to be like, yeah, so, I want that. So let me hear you out. So, Jack, you're a big MAGA guy. So let me challenge you on this. I had a phone call with the top DeSantis donor, and he said, Charlie, the whole plan right now for Ron DeSantis, he said, is the debate. We're going all in. He said, we need Trump on that stage. Maybe not the first debate or the second debate. Is that a risk worth taking? You have DeSantis' people telling you that their bailout strategy exactly to make this a race. I know exactly what DeSantis is going to do on that They're seat. telling me that their way to viability is to get Trump on that stage. Why, why, why would he do it? I can tell you exactly what DeSantis is going to do on that stage. He's going to sit there and he's going to do the same thing that Dave Rubin did when he was on your show. <laughs> and he's going to pull out like a little quote and be like, Aha, on January 4th of 2020, uh, Dr. Fauci said this, and then you said this, and that was positive. But on January 5th, run to say, and it's going to come across as awkward. It's going to come across as boring and creepy. And Trump is going to make some face out of being and, and just be like, Fauci's a loser. And I'd, I'd brush him the, sa- the chance I get to get in. And everyone's going to laugh because they don't know how to debate. And I could say this publicly, freely. Because I'm not even worried because Ron DeSantis doesn't have it in him. He doesn't have that gear to well, be able to get out of this legally debate. But this is the brilliance of Trump. Let's say I, I, I've been told Trump is not going to debate. But I, I, the way he's acting, I've seen this show before. But this is how smart Trump is. The only thing we're talking about now is the mystery of whether or not Trump will debate. So he gets like multiple weeks of headlines. Willie won't he? Willie won't right? he? And it's like he just loves it. You have to come to Bedminster. You have to woo me. You know, and you have to talk about how much I'm up in the polls. I mean, I have to say, it's brilliant, Blake. I mean, it's a political gamesmanship. It's like nobody else gets any airtime. And now the, we're not even talking about the debate. We're talking about whether or not the front runner will show up at the debate. Even if he's committed or not committed, this is ridiculously smart. It's just insanely like Trump is all about dominance in politics. Yes, and this so is how you dominate. The idea is you just will dominate the, the headspace. Be in the room or not? Beforehand, yeah. Beforehand, it's like will he show up? Then like I know first he's debate, gonna probably like thirty minutes before be like my plane is circling over Wisconsin. Will I land? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like you know, announce he's gonna. Where come. am I going? Yeah. I'm I, like Wait, wheels up. Where idea. am I going? Yeah. No, like he should honestly Literally be like fly we, around. No wheels up. Where am I going? You like you bully yeah. them so hard that they. <laughs> Try to like show stuff, and they finally are like, "You're you're mean. You're banned from the debate." And he's like, "I would have showed up. They banned me from the debate." No, that's and what then, he should totally do. He's like, and then fly, he should just flies he should, over Milwaukee airspace. He should just like 
do live just, stream just like rave, reacting yeah, to the debate the and like just have it be time. all memes made by his like fans <sighs> and so just smart. I think it's a mistake. I think it's a mistake if you're a Trump supporter because I've talked to these other camps and they want him on the stage. The other camps are, the, who wants it the most? It's not Fox News or the RNC. They are begging, begging mm. to be, have Trump on there. Jack, you were going to finish a thought. Well, there is, there is another option, Charlie, that I think that could potentially thread the needle here. And that's kind of what we're, we've already started saying. Why not just counter-program it, right? So you can yeah. counter-program it uh, he does an event with Tucker. I mean, imagine Trump and Tucker just watching the debate and commenting on it in live stream. It might actually get more ratings. And I actually, I would know it would get higher ratings than the debate itself if they were doing. He should absolutely not go to the debate. There's no question about it. And I'm going to make this as forceful as possible. I, and I want to add the political background of this. The person who's been assigned to running the debates for the RNC is someone that's supposed to be super friendly to President Trump. Well, we won't even talk about, you know, who that is. We won't, it's, it's pointless. But the point is the fact that Trump's not sh that's even considering not showing up to the debates is a massive embarrassment on the behalf of the RNC. I'm a member of the RNC. I'm ticked off. I'm ticked off so much that the RNC has fumbled, you know, because, again, remember, the RNC got out of the commission the nonprofit that was run by liberals so we could run our own debates. They immediately went to Fox. Fox then stumbled, fired Tucker, which is like the worst thing possible for the conservative movement. Nobody trusts Fox right now. Nobody likes Fox. Harmeet Dillon, who ran against the chair, is not even appearing on Fox. She's Tucker's lawyer. She's also a, a, you know, a, a blessing to the movement. But we have this movement now where the, most of the conservative movement does not support Fox. And so that's the primary sponsor of the debate. They went out and got Young America's Foundation, who we know well. They hate us. We don't care about them. They hate us because they said they were doing all these things for the conservative movement for years after Reagan's death. Turns out they were just using Ronald Reagan's name to raise money. In fact, most of you are listening. You may be sending money to Ronald Reagan's ranch not realizing you're sending money to Young America's Foundation. Which pays for Mike Pence. Which pays for Mike Pence because, and I put, I put this tweet out, which is Mike Pence ran out of the Eisenhower building after being v VP to get a multi-hundreds of thousands of dollars a year from, from Young America's Foundation, which is fine, whatever, that's fine. But they're a Pence organization. They, full, they have on their payroll Mike Pence, effectively. That is the co-sponsor that the RNC thought would be smart as a person who's running for president is an organization that employs one of the, mm -hmm. the candidates running for president. People would go, you know how crazy it would be if we paid Donald Trump, which we don't. Donald Trump's never asked a dime from us, by the way. But if we paid Donald Trump as an employee of Turning Point USA, do you know what kind of levels of crazy I know. would come out of the establishment if it came out that Turning Point Action because we would never have our C3 co sponsored debate, but turning wait, point action wait. sponsored a debate. 
And, and the people R- will go crazy. The RNC did this as a way to stick it to us because we were in Dana Point trying to dethrone Mitt Romney's niece from being the RNC chair. It's obvious why they did it. And fine. Like, but that's how petty the movement is. Of course. Is. That's how petty obviously. they are. And so th- this is how poorly they thought through this. It's like, oh, we'll go get yeah, to co sponsor the debate because we hate Turning Point so much. Turning and Point's then, done here. <laughs> and then right. and then it turns out. Oh, man, we didn't really think this one through. Mike Pence is employed by them. Mike Pence is the most detestable character that's going to be on look, stage. I'll just say this. I don't know how they're legally going to be able to defend this because, holy cow, that is really strange. Having a 501c3 sponsor a political party's RNC debate. RNC debate? Yeah, you talk that's about, a bad move. I, I would have, like, <laughs> platoons of lawyers saying, like, dude, what are you, we have a C4 for a reason just around shut down. here. Okay? Just shut down. <laughs> In fact, our entire 501c4 hosted ActCon for a reason. Okay, anyway, I don't want to belabor that too much. But now the opposite. Let's play the opposite, then let's go to the Lizzo. Blake, the opposite is this, and you you changed my mind on the CNN thing. I was like, don't do the CNN town hall, Caitlin Collins, waste of time. But you have this belief like Trump is at his best when he's combative. He's a beast. Totally agree. It's like he's up 50 points, so what, he might get up 55, but like he'll... He, he needs to raise money, right? Raise money. And like you, you keep everyone very psychologically invested in you. And yeah, you know, I think you, we say like, oh, the general's the general, but that's what gives him part of his strength in a general election is you want the idea of Trump who's not merely an avatar of the Republican Party. And how do you remind people he's not just an avatar of the Republican Party? He shows up at debate and he just embarrasses a ton of Republicans. Well, And, and that's the thing is that like he... But I have a point here. Yeah, go ahead. I have a really important point. Yeah, go because we, we made this analogy. Donald Trump getting on the debate stage is like Michael Jordan getting on the court when you're 50 points up. Doesn't make any sense. I agree with you about Caitlin Collins. Donald Trump going and playing Caitlin Collins is like is like the Harlem Globetrotters playing the Washington Generals. He gets nothing but benefit. He knows but he's going to win with his base. Counterpoint, counterpoint. You know, we've discussed how, you know, having YAF do it, how having the RNC do it is kind of like them, you know, being a situation where they're against him. It's like if, let's say there was some beef, let's say the Utah Jazz are just totally dragging. They're like, Mike's old. He's done now. And so Mike would go in and just, he drops 60 points on them in this game. And yeah, he stays in. They're up by 50, and he's still just chucking up threes. And but he, w- he wouldn't, though. He would come off the court. They wouldn't hurt Michael. You wouldn't allow Michael Jordan to lose any but ground. This isn't a if basketball game. <laughs> this isn't a team sport. Okay, there's, there's, I mean, there's, there's a team in the terms of the, their supporters, but it, you know, this is an individual match, right? So you have individual fighters, players, sort of. whatever you want to call it, in terms of this. So you have to have your I think I think Trump sort of I think it is a team on a sport. primal level. Trump's politics are about you know are about dominance, and so yes. what is the what is the dominant play to do? Well, I think the, the, the dominant, dominant thing could is, be to not show up. It yeah. shows the dominant that you are the alpha, alpha, alpha. The dominant play is I don't need to show up. You need me far more than I need you, and if I show up, I am going to be the center of attention, and everyone has to come at me, and I will defeat them. And if he stays away from all of the debates, he allows that creeping sense of doubt. Is he staying away because he thinks he'll lose? No. no. He has to stay away only to the extent that it shows he doesn't see, need to be I, there. It's annoying for I him mean, to Charlie, be there. I mean, Charlie, look what you just said, right? You just said, oh, the DeSantis team's got a plan. I know. They got a plan to take him out. They're, they got a plan, plan to take him out. Well, okay, but that coming out publicly then set the stage for the next, the next shoe to drop is how does Trump beat the plan? How does he do He's it? He's already winning. And so you though. can say it's like the, say, what is right, the goal? Okay, he, he wins, but yeah, the goal 
the goal is to crush your enemy. Yeah, but this is why I disagree about the the not being a team sport thing, because again, there are more there are more things at play here than just one on one debate spars, right? Like there are there is an entire ecosystem of conservatives who and again let's use Vivek as the example, right? Vivek has the most to gain by how he interacts with DeSantis and Trump. Yeah. Vivek Just, is cheering for Trump not to show up. Vivek is cheering for exactly. Vivek of course. is cheering for Trump not to show up because he becomes the effect of Trump at the debate. And then that hurts DeSantis even more. And again, if you're Trump, you're looking at this and you're going, that actually kind of makes sense. That actually makes a lot of sense for me not to show up to the debate because Vivek is going to become, you know, the Vivek Trump you know, number two guy who's going to go back and forth. And so when they start attacking Trump, guess who's going to be defending Trump? Vivek yeah, is probably. Right. No, what right. if, what if Vivek wins? Why, and so that makes Trump look better. But you don't, you know, okay, obviously Vivek has Blake, navigated Blake, it really well how to handle, but real quick, he's handled it really well hey, so far, but how does, how do things look if it's like Vivek was the real star of this debate Totally swept to the floor. And what if he starts pulling higher and higher? What if Vivek gets then twenty percent? Trump will be 25. thrilled to be running against Vivek. Will he? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Will he be thrilled if Vivek's yes. at yes. forty points? Yes. Well, they, then, can't, they can't even fit Vivek's last name on most ballots. I'm telling I'm you. Telling you I'm gonna, let's just be very kind. I love Vivek. Donald Trump attack vectors against Vivek is going to be like brutal. Otherworldly. He would rather have him just not be pulling high against him. He might enjoy it, but. Already, then we have a situation no, where I Trump mean, has to run against Vivek. Vivek will never break twenty percent. Rather pick, than pick, pick your opponent. Donald Trump wants to run up against Vivek. Well, for, no. First off, and here's the important reason why, Charlie, the the establishment will never get on board for Vivek. He's already. And again, this is the best way to explain it. We we talk talk about there's two islands. That's it. There's two islands. There's establishment island, and there is non-establishment island. And if you try to go in between those, you drown in the water, you're in the water. That's where DeSantis has been most of the time, right? DeSantis is not on Establishment Island. I don't believe it. I've seen, I've seen the way they've interacted. They've worked with us. Anyone that will work with us at any point is just not an Establishment Island. But those guys are all on Establishment Vivek has decidedly put himself on the non-establishment island. He's the only guy with Trump there right now. If there's too many people on the non-establishment island, can it tip over like Guam? Almost, yeah. Basically, that's what's happening right now. They're all sinking right now. And DeSantis is kind of struggling. He's getting pulled back and forth. And, and this is the problem that DeSantis has and that all of these guys have. If, one of the, if more guys got on the island with Trump, it would split Trump's vote. Vivek is actually hurting Trump a little bit. Because all of Vivek's vote ultimately is going to end up back with Trump. Okay. Uh, do we have to do another sponsor here, guys? I think we do. Uh, one of Jack's things. Jack right? and Genucel, I believe. I think it's Genucel. Jack, tell us about Genucel. Thing. Well, let me tell you a little something about Genucel. Because, lady, and the fellas too, take a look at your mirror. Do you see those dark spots? Well, I'll tell you something right now. They're not going away on their own. We're now introducing the dark spot corrector from Genucel. And just in time for the summer, we still got another month of summer, folks. The dark spot corrector has not one, but three jet cutting edge ingredients. Goes to work fast to target sunspots, dark spots, liver spots, even old discoloration of both your face and your hands. You will be amazed at how quickly you see results. You can now enjoy the summer sun, beach and barbecues without embarrassing spots. 
With GenuCell, you'll see the results or your money back. No questions asked. Just go to GenuCell.com right now. Get your dark spot corrected with the new GenuCell. Most popular package is now featuring the summer essentials like best-selling ultra-retinol moisturizer with a powerful retinol alternative for safe use in the summer sun. Visit GenuCell.com. Let me double-check this, guys. We're doing GenuCell.com slash POSO, promo code POSO. That's right. And I'll tell you something. When we use promo code POSO, it isn't just for Jack POSO. It's for Tanya Tay Poso because Tanya Tay Poso, that's a girl. She loves her summer sun. She loves getting out there and she wants to make sure that she doesn't get these spots. And so she loves the fact that with this, it's free shipping, free returns, the best luxury skincare for 70% off. Plus, all orders now include a, wait for it, mystery luxury gift while supplies last. Genucel.com, promo code code. Okay, I think we are now talking about Lizzo. Who wants to take that? I don't think anyone wants to take it. Well, <laughs> I, I don't understand this. I don't understand why we just can't call her I, I would fat like and to stupid. Take Lizzo I don't get it. And then and then send her to another place if that's possible. Okay, so like, I'll. What's the story like, here? She's, take, get, she's getting sued. I'll for take something. the bullet here. Yeah. So three of Lizzo's former dancers have filed a lawsuit against her, accusing her of sexual harassment for creating a. Hostile work environment. Lizzo has violated United States civil rights law. That's putting uh, it very lightly. There's two excellent components of this. One is that they claim to have been body shamed by Lizzo, <laughs> which is... Because they're too fat? I, I think it is because they're too fat. Oh, I'll get the exact line Or they're not fat enough. I, no, I, because they're too fat. I think it is too fat. It, it might be... Lizzo told her dancers they were too fat. And they're probably good-looking people. No, I mean, like, I don't understand. I, 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 really, I, I think pop culture is so dumb. I just, like, I don't get it. What is her appeal again? She's like a rapper? About she's like a, a flutist is how she, she is, like, apparently good at playing the flute. And then she's also become, loudest. yeah, this musical loudest. star. I can't remember her genre. Like, loudest. No, but isn't her whole shtick, like, body positivity, like, it's cool to be Louding. overweight and, like, uh, making diabetes cool or something? She, like, doesn't she have a song about that? She's disgusting. About... Like but cellulite? Isn't that one of her songs? Most importantly, she's disgusting on the inside. She's like a nasty person. She's like, well, so she's go mean. Through, wait, go through the, the lawsuit. There's some pretty bad. Well, there's something with bananas it, involved. It, it does. <laughs> there is a banana part. It does say, I'm reading in the NBC News report, the captain of Lizzo's dance team is accused of proselytizing to other performers and deriding those who had premarital sex. So whatever, we can get on board with that. But while sharing <laughs> lewd sexual fantasies, uh, simulating oral sex, and that, that does get to the banana part. Apparently Lizzo had this, uh, encouraged them to take part in a, uh, a practice <laughs> where they would eat a certain sort of phallic-shaped fruit of yellow in color from a certain portion of anatomy. Yeah, it's uh, pretty. She was, okay, she was way let, into let's, that. let's play cut 85, apparently. <laughs> pretty disturbing. It was really, they kissed. Did she, they kissed after, I'm not going to say what she did. <laughs> but I'm trying to go to the show where you eat the banana out the pussy. Which one is that? Just the banana bar. Well, that's the banana bar? Yeah, you And they the have the banana, banana in the, in yeah, the yeah, coochie? And, and ping pong bowls. And you have to go. Yes. And that's what to, I want to do. Then you have to eat it. I need my potassium, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> my poos potassium. <laughs> oh, dude. In Utah, we just eat banana splits. Okay, that's that's how we get our potassium. So that's not like forbidden by, by like the rules and regulations. The number one consuming state of ice cream, and the least 
uh, consuming of alcohol is Utah per capita. But ice cream. That, one, that, one vice for the other. Well, yeah, one's better than the well, other. Well, they also have like the highest rates of porn usage. Probably. Yeah. Do you think they're, they're, do you think they're searching Lizzo? Like, yeah, that's they're, not searching, they're not searching Lizzo. But when they're typing in banana into their web browsers for banana splits is what I'm saying. Wait, Utah has the highest rate of porn? That's what they claim. I've seen it before. I've seen it before. That's the claim, but, you know, they... It's per capita, but it's a lot But they also... The nicer part is the... Carly, do you not understand per capita? I think that's the next topic. The number one... The number one consumer per capita of ice cream is Utah. And that's why banana split was the kind of... I tweeted out this, that... Lizzo calling her her backup dancers fat is a lot like Joe Biden calling Donald Trump corrupt. It's kind of interesting that those are both trending at the exact same time. Well, that's that's yeah. that's wham. So what what we're just talking about there is wham. What? Probably you know about wham, right? W A M. Also known Jack. as sloshing. Okay, so wham is short for wet and messy. Um, so wet and messy, which it 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 can be. It, it seems like it, it's combining a few different uh, a few different techniques, I guess you could say here. So there's theaterism, which is obviously uh-huh. going on. Theaterism is it's a type of fat shame, not fat shame, fat fetish, where you're you're basically turned on by feeding someone fatty foods. And then wet and messy is when you're then taking those foods and splashing it basically all over the face or, you know, other areas. Um, and then and then finally, there's just for food play or vor play, which is basically the um, uh, the simulation or the actual act of basically what she's describing right there. Oh, this was like a whole I'm thing. I'm really like, glad oh. I picked our next topic. It's like polar opposite of this. But this this was like a whole thing, like the overeating accounts on Instagram. Is like is this is this related? The big binge eating people where they're like overeating intentionally, like disgusting. But it's it yeah, getting fatter. But it's with like like a sexual element to that. But you're no, yeah, it's like it's like a kink. It's like a weird yeah, like a kink. It's like a weird thing. No, I I saw something about this. I can't remember. It was like where it's like these it's accounts that look like on the front face. These Instagram accounts don't look like anything weird at all. It just looks like someone just like eating food. But you yeah. watch it and it's like this whole like really weirdly edited. It's just a guy eating, but like they're overeating every single day. Yeah. And they're celebrating one getting... one where that like teenager started off as like normal. Yes. And got into that. Yeah. And, and it's, it's like celebrating fatter. Monster. And yeah. I think he started getting in shape again, which I hope is true. Um, oh, I wish I could find that one account, but it was like it kind of went viral where it like brought like a lot of attention to it. Mm-hmm. Where it was like this disgusting, where they were celebrating like this nastiness of eating, overeating every single day. Okay, play, play cut 84. Why is Michael Orr playing a flute? <laughs> Somebody said that, Charlie. That's Charlie America's national that. large mammal. Somebody, it was voted by Congress. So, so we we had a. I won't say who did this. I won't say what it was for. But we had one of those like, what's your what's the biggest thing you fear? This was like a, a team builder thing, mm-hmm. and somebody said it was a room full of Lizzos. A room full of them. 
That's like gonna be a that's gonna be like a thing in the Harry Potter reboot. They have that bogger wait, wait, in the closet. Wait, I don't think that's we like the that, thing you fear most in the is. world, and it's gonna open and it's gonna be played by like Lizzo. So that was James Madison's eighteen oh two oh two flute. James Madison's that, that is the flute of the the author of the Constitution. Uh, okay, uh, I'm told to play cut eighty one. Is she is that her usually playing the is she usually that bad? I mean, allegedly she's, she's pretty good. Enough, I wasn't, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a woodwind guy. I could play every other, I could play everything except the flute. That's a, she's not very good. If that's, there's I mean, like, other clips of her playing flute like off stage on YouTube where she's actually pretty good. I'll, I'll give her I'll give her I'll be fair and give her the credit on that because it, I'm just asking. But this she, was yeah. terrible, and that's obviously. Uh, yeah, that's the real thought crime, right? Where she's actually pretty good on the food. That um, that that's like representatives and officials from the Smithsonian that have gone over and co-signed this entire display, which to me is just amazing because uh, what you're this is the perfect representation of what America is now today. A a, fat. a big old fat lady like Lizzo playing James Madison's flute. And I'm sorry, but when I look at some of these indictments of President Trump, whenever I look at some of these uh, ridiculous no, opinions right. Right. in the end of the Supreme Court, all I can think of is Fat Lizzo twerking to James Madison's loop. Yeah, I mean, it's like a, this is all the same thing. It's a defecation of a BLM fat activist twerking on stage. <laughs> That's Honestly, a different the game over screen when, of when, America. When she, when she was That's on stage, I, my first reaction when I saw her on stage was like, Right tackle for the Baltimore Ravens. I mean, My she's first a, response: She's a was, massive person. Fee five four. I always, I always love this. Uh, it, whenever you are talking about somebody like this, I always type into Google the name of the person looks like, and then see what it fills. And if you type it in, it says Lizzo looks like, and the first thing it, it finishes with is mashed potatoes. I thought it was going to be a wildebeest. <laughs> Yeah, and by the Lizzo way, looks you know, like mashed potatoes. By the way, you know we get uh, emails from people that say, "Oh, you fat shame." First of all, stop being fat. Second of all, I, like if you're fat, I have no respect for you. I'll be honest. And like, secondly, she 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 brags about it. Like, if you're fat, then like be honest. Like, I I, I struggle with it. Like, whatever. She advertises it. Like she advertises her obesity. She thinks it's great. There, there's so many problems in America that are sad because people like can't control them and. You know, fatness is the most controllable one. If you find, yeah, if you search just, like photos of me on the internet, you'll get my old daily caller photo, and I look like this like fat roly poly. And then I was like so disgusted by that, I decided to not be a fat roly poly anymore. Yeah, just like and I mean, it's, it, being fat is a choice. It literally requires you to this do nothing to stop it. Taking bullies out of society because you just put like an '80s bully or a '90s bully back in society, or any one of these schools that's out there today, they'd be running the plate because they served a strong purpose. They served a serious purpose. We need like like a squad of Heathers, not like the actual Heathers, but basically a squad of Heathers at every single school, just kind of, kind of maintaining the pecking. Okay, now let's move to the group that really should be ridiculed. 
vegans. So, Blake, what is this this very uh, interesting story? It's it's a remarkable remarkable story. It's this, there's this vegan influencer, which is a job that exists now. Vegan influencer Jana Samsonova has uh, I probably got the accents on that wrong. Jack can correct me, but she has allegedly died of starvation in Malaysia while subsisting entirely on a diet of exotic fruit, which apparently did not provide her enough calories to, uh, how, what's the technical term for it, uh, live. Yeah, so, so, this per, so this is what I don't quite understand. To, in order to starve for death, to starve to death, you have to go 45 days without any form of sustenance like fats or carbohydrates. It's you know it's possible. So I don't maybe think it's less time if you're the size of this woman. Because oh, I guess I, I guess your window is is shorter. I mean, to starve to death is an extraordinarily rare thing. It is difficult, and you know it, it, they'll say. I think it's that death. she was she was starving like in a starvation style. Oh, she diet, was perpetually she starving. Yeah, and then she got sick. And, and then and oh, got it. Okay. She basically malnourished herself to death on uh, yeah. you know, eating nothing but fruits. So her body attacked itself because she, w which can happen. It happens with candida cleanses. You can attack yourself if you yeah. screw up your natural flow. Is that and what happened just, here? You have no, you have no gift. Exactly, Anything yeah. bad happens Along to you. Lines. Like you just, a stiff breeze will blow you over. You know what's funny is this never happens with eating meat. This, this, you've never, no one's ever heard that, oh, I ate meat and then died. Like, didn't like, you know, didn't Jordan Peterson have something to do with that? Like he was eating only meat. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I'm close to that diet. The carnivore diet is, can be really great. You look, you don't need any carbohydrates in your diet. Carbohydrates are completely unnecessary. You just need proteins and fats. That's it. And vegans get, no, Jordan Peterson was addicted to benzos. Well, he wasn't addicted. He had withdrawals, which is even worse than that. You got to figure, you got to figure out a way to get your proteins and... Yeah, good luck. And you know, an even wilder thing. Fats so, are the most important. Supposedly for seven years, all she most ate was important. jackfruit, which Jack, it, it has Jack in its name. That's not a good sign. And then the other food she ate was... Jackfruit's actually really good. Was durians. Do you guys know about durians? No, are they like prunes? No, durians well, are these like gigantic Asian fruits. They're all over China. Yeah. And they're famous because if huh. like one, they smell really strong. And whether you think it smells good or bad is a very divisive opinion. People have compared it to fragrant flowers and also hot garbage, literally. And it, like, you can't bring them on the sub on the subway in Singapore. They're like, literally you can find the sign that's like no durians, like a, like a no smoking sign. And it's just this like wild, it's like a gigantic fruit. Kind of like huge. a cross between a melon and a, like a, like a, um, like a puffer fish with like the spikes sticking out of it and stuff. Yeah. And it, it, it kind of, allegedly, kind of it kind of tastes like custard. I haven't had one, but I, I, I should go get one. They're we must have Asian yeah, arts no, around here. There was, there was a, uh, there was a, uh, there was a, a, uh, a person in China, a friend of mine in China that, that, you know, we had them one time and I was like, I was like, yeah, okay, I'll go for it. You know, cause I'm over there to obviously to try different things. People always say like, Hey, Poso, did you have, you know, did you have dog when you lived in China? It's like, uh, not knowingly, like I never sought it out. There were places you could go, but you know, I ate street food, so who knows? Um, but yeah, we tried the durians and it was like, I mean, it just tasted like a yucky fruit kind of thing to me. And I'm not a fan of like sour stuff to begin with. Like, I don't like, I don't like yogurt. I don't like stuff that is, that's, 
feels like a turtle. I'm just not into it. A lot, lot of probiotics. I'm not going to so, 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 so sauerkraut, kombucha, and yogurt are not for you, right, Jack? I, I'm too, not going to judge. Too much no, probiotics no, in there. I've had that wacky Swedish. It's actually really good for your gut health, but that's a separate issue. I've had that wacky Swedish fish, that like surströmig, where they like ferment the fish. No, yeah, fermented gets, foods yeah. are really good for you. Yeah, it's good stuff. It's just famous for those I'm videos. Not people open the can. And no, no, I know. You, you also can substitute the probiotics. So let me make sure I understand this correctly. <laughs> this is so funny. So, 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 so this woman ate jackfruit and durians and any anything else for for seven years allegedly that's all she ate so i russians are so weird i get vegetarianism to an extent i mean i don't agree with it i get pescatarianism veganism is completely concocted it doesn't have any ancestral roots it's like totally it's ideal, made up. Well, it's ideological. No, it that's is, what I'm saying yeah. is that there's like no basis for it whatsoever. And I mean, it's no dairy, no fish, no meat, nothing. It's it's literally just fr- it's fruits and vegetables. That's fruits, it. vegetables, grains, I guess. Uh, I think they're careful with even ty- types of grains, though, aren't they? Well, it, I think they're okay with grain. Maybe some for health reasons don't like it. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. It's a big ideological. Fan. It's the claim that you know eating animals or using animal products is immoral. Is a large portion of it, and so no, that's what it's what I'm so, saying. It's an, well, how I, it's are an, those crops grown that doesn't affect animals? Like you've got to plow a field, well, right? Exactly. Like, like where well, you, you don't need to plow. The line? It's a very modern thing because you don't need to have the animals if you have hydrocarbons. But they probably don't like hydrocarbons I, anymore. I think no fish so. thing. Like really, if this woman would have had fish like once a week, she'd be alive. This I mean, is, come on. This, this is, is the quote. This is Peter's. Jana's idle yes. stagnation was cause was causing her to melt before our eyes, but she believed well, everything was fine. Peter, you know what's this actually, is actually not funny though, is that what? is that there are vegans that do this to their kids. Like newborn. No, this is so and, sick. And Charlie, you, I think as far as I know, you're the one of us that has the youngest kid right now. And and there are specific nutrients that a newborn needs. Yeah, that's that right. That you're not going to get on a vegan diet. You will kill your child. Well, no, we, I mean, go we, along with when, when, when we're it. now that we are in the weaning, we're throwing everything: bison, chicken, yeah. and like everything: peas, watermelons. She's how old now? It. She's like almost like a year. Almost a year. Almost yeah. a year. Awesome. You know, the big the big Congrats, thing man. here, Charlie, is like vegans are out there. They're among us. And due to Joe Biden's open borders policy, they they're vote. able to come to this country. I, I was just going to say this. I bet with this Russian dying, I bet She's Vladimir Russian too. I bet I bet Vladimir Putin is just going is going nuts. Being like they're trying to convert all our people. Peter's trying to convert all our people. Just trying to kill off our people. He's veganism. going to invade Sweden. So He's I mean, th- this vegans. person is really mentally unstable. I mean, and. You type in vegan, by the way, literally this is a screenshot, every single result is vegan influencer dead of starvation. Yep. Here's how you know veganism isn't a real thing, because if that if people could survive on that, that's well, I guess that is the diet that Stalin put Ukrainians on. Is Which is right? just like, what, grains? <laughs> well, it wasn't, it wasn't grains. vegan for long, because eventually they were eating each but, other. But here's, <laughs> here's how you know vegans are frauds, because they have to counterfeit the taste of our food. That's how you know they're fraud, yeah, right? Exactly. So if you go to a vegan restaurant, it's not enough just to have the vegetables. It's like, oh, here's like fake milk yeah. and like fake meat. Like, okay, you guys, you know the palate yep. is designed a certain way. Yep. So you, you like, stop faking it. Well, uh, if I see the Impossible Burger at any restaurant, it immediately makes no. me never want to go back to that you restaurant. Got, by the way, if you understand the Impossible or the Beyond Meat, it is so bad for you. 
It, I mean, it's it's like literally the same stuff that goes into Dippin' Dots. You remember Dippin' Dots? No. Yep. It's the same technology Wait, that makes don't that. Don't attack Dippin' Dots. Dippin' no, Dots. Dippin' Dots is it's tasty, but it's really the ba- it's really bad for you. In the if a time traveler came back from the future, they would tell us everyone eats Dippin' Dots. I mean, Dots. I, I I don't know anyone who's vegan. I know people that are vegetarian but, and pescatarian. Just don't be ideological in how you eat, guys. It's just the most important, a very important takeaway. So during COVID, you might remember everyone freaked out and bought everything at the supermarket. And I remember going to my supermarket the week of the big lockdowns and almost the shelves were stripped bare and the only items in like kind of the meat sector that were left were the impossible yes, burgers and, the beyond. and turkey burgers Ugh. well I'll so take turkey burgers. i don't like the taste the turkey burgers but they're actually pretty good for you i like turkey burgers. okay play cut 113 look i, I turkey I, dogs here 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 is here is a, a, a rule of thumb not every vegan is Three, crazy two, one, but almost every crazy person is vegan play cut 113 <laughs> Three, two, one, sing. Eating animals is wrong. McDonald's hurting animals is wrong. McDonald's share this song and change your entire menu to be vegan from now on. <laughs> I I will if never. God step didn't f- want us to eat animals. He wouldn't have made them so delicious. I'll never step foot again in a Burger King because of their sales of Impossible Whoppers. Like I just. It just, it's just, it's, it's so bad for you. I mean, look, first of all, Burger King meat is not exactly the best thing for you, but like <laughs> the impossible stuff, it's so artificial and the nutrient profile is so, it literally wages war on your digestive tract. Um, okay. So really you had raw egg nationalist on? No, I haven't. And you know, I'm actually not as convinced on the research of raw eggs. I think it's actually a fad. So I'd love that. Is he actually into that or is that like a shtick? Oh no, he's got like a whole book. He's got a whole book on it. Um, he's got a whole like yeah, menu book that you can get on it. Bunch so, of stuff. Yeah, I think you would like him though. You guys are pretty simpatico on a lot of stuff. No, yeah, you should you should connect me. I actually follow his okay. Telegram feed. The uh, yeah, Telegram. Yeah, it's hilarious. Uh, okay, so I want to. So we have to play cut eighty four. Is that what you're telling me, Blake? Uh, that's for the next topic. Got it. Okay, we have about ten minutes to to do that. So CBD. Um, where are we at? Where is my thing here? I, I see a bunch of durian stuff. Oh, okay. <laughs> CBD does not have THC. We went through a lot of different vetting. Go to the CBD distillery that we trust, cbddistillery.com. If you need better sleep, 90% of customers report better sleep with CBD. Stop using all these pharmacological agents and all that stuff. Suffering with pain after exercise, 80% report less pain after physical activity. Enjoy better focus and concentration. Full range of carefully formulated CBD and other plant-based solutions. Packed with whole body healing, plant compounds, and vital nutrients. 100% clean ingredients. Recommended by Dr. Kevin Free, Mayo Clinic trained internist and preventative health specialist. Over 2 million satisfied customers. If you're frustrated with a health concern that is not getting better, try CBD from the source that I trust. That is CBDDistillery.com. That's CBDistillery.com. Promo code Kirk. Check it out. CBDistillery.com for 20% off. Check it out right now. Okay, Blake, take it away. All right. Well, our next topic is, I think we just opened, uh, there's a clip that went very viral thanks to our friend Benny Johnson. Uh, It's... uh, Oh, yeah. No, that's right. It's an event in South Africa, yeah. Well, it's thanks to Benny, but I put it in the chat, and then Benny, (laughs) whatever. I think I was actually the first one to flag this because of all these fun Telegram channels that I follow. It was actually from, uh, I'm not going to tell what Telegram channel it's from, but uh, Jack, I think you and I are 
subscribe to some uh, thought crime telegram channels anyway it's on a telegram what is channel telegram? I'm, I'm not familiar yeah. with that but no, let me just full disclosure it was on a telegram Man. channel that definitely pushes the boundaries of acceptable thought i kind of love it and <laughs> all of a sudden you know they, this telegram channel has a little bit of an um a tendency to exaggerate this particular one but it's totally true it, this one actually happened to be legit yeah. and so <laughs> it's the th- <laughs> it's the third largest political party and I've like watched this like 10 times. It's so scary. It's, it's the third largest political party in South Africa. It's like a black nationalist party, basically. Economic right? freedom fighters. Is yeah. The name and of they're it. like chanting in uh, Afrikaans, which is the, is that right? Is I'm that, not sure what language that, it's in. Well, I think Afrikaans is the, I think that's the language they speak in South Africa. Well, they have and, many languages. South t- Africa's got many, and many languages. So let's play Cut 84. Shoot to kill. Kill the poor. The farmer, kill the poor, the farmer, brr, pa, pa. Jack. Brr, pa, brr, pa, kill, I kind of like that, that's going to be my new ringtone, actually. Kill the boar, kill the farmer. Like, it's got, I don't know, it's got some rhythm to it, I think. So, what, what, what the boar is, uh, and now there's a distinction here between boars and Afrikaners. So uh, Boers, these refer predominantly to the Dutch who uh, have been in South Africa for hundreds of years, as opposed to the British uh, who really only got there by into about the 1800s. And uh, basically what they're referring to are white farmers that live in the more rural uh, northern areas of South Africa. And uh, this has been going on. Um, there's been documentaries made about this. Lawrence Hudson made a documentary about this uh, called Pras Morte. And it is the it is the farm murders, it's the farm murders that have been going on. Essentially, you get these gangs that run out there screaming at the uh, at the owners of this saying that you stole our land, even though, like I said, they've been there for hundreds of years. These are farms that have been in uh, been handed down family to family since before the United States existed. Uh, and they're just simply killing these families, wiping them out. And uh, you've got the leader of this party essentially calling for white genocide. Now, what's interesting is that the most famous South African in the world, Mr. Elon Musk, the head of the platform formerly known as Twitter, X.com, uh, head of Twitter, all actually straight up responded to Benny Johnson and called it white genocide. He said, they're calling for white genocide. And Cyril Ramaphosa, the head of, uh, they've got to be there, the head of the president of South Africa has never said anything about it. And I say this is actually vital that uh, Elon Musk, I, he's clearly the most famous living South African. Look, he's a guy who got out there. There's still 4 million European, you know, Caucasian people living in South Africa at this point. And he's just openly calling this. I think the, a tweet that I saw that I'd really like to highlight, it's from uh, Zaid Jelani. I don't know if I said that name right, but uh, He's he's one of these kind of he's a liberal but mostly kind of woke critical but his response to this was really funny which was like center uh, left yeah it's center left something like that uh, sorry uh, you guys freaking moved down now I have to scroll back up to see it okay this chant from what I understand has a historic and symbolic meaning for the anti-apartheid struggle and most people don't take it literally so we went full Reddit on. Yeah, it's just actually, yeah, like you know, actually, actually, yeah, like yeah, like when you have a statue of George Washington in public, that's like very microaggressive and genocidal. But when they chant 
kill the boar, kill the white <laughs> farmer. That's just like a, a symbol, okay? <laughs> right, Charlie. Everything that you and I say is a dog whistle, right? Everything that you and I say is a dog whistle. Dog um, Everything that we tweet, is, you know, has like secret codes and secret messages. But then when you got this guy up, up in South Africa screaming, kill the white. Kill not screaming, the boar. Singing. Yes. Kill the boar. No, no, no. The, that's that's the, we have to we have that in the, the full room. the full no, lyrics. My, my, it's the exact same thing when all the trannies are walking through the streets. We're gonna take your children. We're gonna take your <laughs> yeah. children. No, no, no. It's not what they're saying. It's it, it's just like it's a joke. It's just fine. Or all get the gay men's choir. We're gonna take your children. They they, they don't mean it. They, it's 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 not it's Coming not what you think it children. is. Or, or yeah. the, no, get the get get the the pack of gays that talk about that. Or, yeah. or the overtly racist. Yeah, convert that, your children. Yeah. You're right. Racist yeah. thing that Joe Biden said. Same thing. <laughs> you Joe ain't Biden's, black. Joe Biden's straight up racist, and they're like. Trump dog whistle, Trump, you know, this, that. Know. Like this. You don't even have to look for it. It's Yeah, so the uh, the lyrics to the actual song, Kill the Boar, which I don't know if he was literally singing it or if he was just referencing it, but this is the, actually these the, are the English language lyrics of the song, which is originally there. in, um, in uh, Hosa, I believe. The cowards are scared, shoot, shoot. Ah, yeah, shoot, shoot. The cowards are scared, shoot, shoot. Shoot the boar, shoot, shoot. Shoot the boar, shoot, shoot. Uh, at one point it says, you listening to it right now? No, they're playing the gay song. Guys, I'm going to call <laughs> to it. Oh, that's the gay song. Yeah. We'll get to that. Now, that's now, the... now Blake, hold on. Now, do we, do we know, could he potentially, maybe they meant shoot them a smile. Maybe like, they mean, when they say kill the boar, you know? they mean kill the part inside your soul uh, that is racist. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. Ego, so now, it's like ego death, right? Kill the like boar the so, uh, a, a little bit of here. an interesting thing here. This clip we're about to play of the all-men gay San Francisco choir saying, we're going to convert your children. Anytime we put this up on YouTube, any we get a strike. They have a full-time firm, I think, they've engaged to try to memory hold this thing from the internet. Play cut 116. We have a message for you. You think we're sinful. You fight against our rights. You say we all lead lives you can't respect. But you're just frightened You think that we'll corrupt your kids If our agenda goes unchecked Funny, just this once, you're correct We'll convert your children Happens bit by bit, quietly and subtly And you will barely notice it We'll convert your children it's obviously symbolic. It doesn't mean anything, right? Stop it. Sadly, they don't they, mean we're going to convert your children, bigots. What they've really <laughs> memory hold off the internet is your the version of them and have feel like sex with them. No, no, they've no. Really, it's, they've it's, really memory well, hold the version that highlights like the sex crimes by various members of that choir, which I think there were like ten. No, of that's them. actually a real thing, though. For real? Right? Yeah. yeah. In that picture of all, but it's like. You know, fifty-five gays. Ten of them were arrested for. Yeah, you know, it's like not not all of them, to be clear. Some, I assume, are good people, but it is uh, definitely well, as, as it was a non-zero number of uh, people with child sex offenses. As as Kyle Rittenhouse proved, you 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 can't fire into a crowd of liberals without hitting at least one bit of. The term we prefer these days is libertarian. 
Oh. Okay, do we have a deep web reveal, Blake? We do. We do. All right, let's see. We've got uh, just a moment. What's the oh, name of it? We've got Public Square, right, Angelo? Public Square? Good. I want to tell you about Public Square, publicsq.com. I, I just had dinner with Public Square. Michael Seifert, Jack, you're a big Public Square guy, right? Look, when, when you understand the, the power of what Public Square is doing, the fact that they were out there with this huge public um, offering the IPO, going down there, ringing the bell on Wall Street with, uh, with Don Jr., with Cypher, with all the guys who were there. Uh, this is actually taking the world by storm. And I've, I've spoken to them offline a little bit about this, how the signups they're seeing are going at such a fast clip now, because it's, it's building off of all of these different pieces of it, Charlie. The wokeness coming out of Hollywood, the Bud Light situation, so many different uh, companies saying, we're gonna, oh, we're gonna pay for abortion, we're gonna do this travel. People are so checked out, but they say, how do I, like, okay, I know which companies I don't wanna support anymore, but how do I know, and where's an easy way for me to find companies that I do support? That's where Public Square comes in and makes it just so incredibly easy for someone who's out there, like if you're my wife, if you're Tanya Tay, you're trying to figure out how to get your, you know, you're worried about like dinners for the kids and they got to get to this activity, that activity. It's summer. So we're doing a lot. Uh, you don't have time to make all these decisions and keep all these lists. Public Square, boom, so easy right for you. And there are now hundreds of thousands of people across the country using this. It's amazing. Go to publicsq.com, download the app, very much behind at publicsq.com. All right, guys, we got at most five minutes. What, what do we want to spend All right, our time we, on? We've got the deep web reveal for today. We're, we're going to continue our education of Charlie in the obscure ways of the oh, internet. Boy. So today we are I bringing am the un, him. I am the uninitiated. We are yeah. bringing him no holes this time. Uh, we're bringing him some lines, specifically the green uh, lines of the Rivolino test. So I didn't know this until Jack explained it to me rather perfectly. But uh, th tell me about the line test. It's it's the line test. It's from this account named Rivolino. I don't know that much about him. I guess he's probably in some like PUA space or whatever. But the idea is, is you can really like, you can see uh, like who's the dominant person pick up in, say, or, you know, a pickup thing or, like in a relationship, for example, by who's standing straight, who's leaning into the other mm -hmm. person. And so like, for example, if we got 87 here is a good example, like, this looks like we think like, oh, big dude, very dominant. But oh, the problem is he's leaning in to, into the woman. The woman, she senses it's weak. And, you know, it's very, very unassertive. Another creepy version we've got is uh, from uh, Joe Biden himself. If you bring up number 88 here, uh, you know, the, 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 she's really creeped out because Joe Biden's, you know, leaning into her. So the green line, the green line test never lies. Well, That's well the but idea he's got that, the actual, the whole explanation of it, right? So it, he calls it sexual polarity. Mm -hmm. And in sexual polarity, it's the feminine wants to lean into the Mex the, ma the masculine, the masculine. The feminine wants to lean into the masculine. She wants to enter his world, feel his strength, feel his protection, submit to his guidance. Sexual polarity is the foundation for sexual attraction. I'm reading from his tweet. Sexual polarity is the foundation for love. And so what, what people have gone now and done is with the Rivolino test or the green line test, is going through anytime you see a male or a female or two men or whatever it is in a photo, you just, you add it in the green lines and then you see, is this person attracted to this person? Is this person pulling away? What's going on? That's the Rivolino. Yeah. Probably the peak of this was that, uh, one of our, one of our good friends, uh, representative Paul Gosar, uh, mm -hmm. actually uh, tweeted this a, a year or two ago. Uh, so he had some examples where he just, uh, tweeted images of himself 
with Trump, where uh, both of them are, are perfectly straight, thereby demonstrating their strong, assertive uh, uh, confidence, as it were. Uh, neither well, of them leads into another, the other. Is the meeting of But there's another, there's another aspect <laughs> to that, Blake. So there's a different kind of Rivolino test, and this is just for guys. And it has to do with, has to do with I'm just going to say it, it's called crotch confidence. The other one is crotch shame. Yes. And this has to do with if someone is, there you go. Okay. Number 89. Um, yep, I told yep. we weren't going to say that word, but okay, there it is. Um, so whether or not you're, you're standing up straight <laughs> or you're crossing your hand over you your crotch. what crot, I said? That's <laughs> and you will not find, you will not find a specific instance of Mitt Romney not crossing his crotch in any photo. Go look. I'm telling you. Fails it every time. No crotch confidence. No, no, crotch no confidence. What, what about what about uh, Mitt Romney with that hot dog? Do we have a Mitt, Mitt Romney? Mitt Romney with a with a lava lamp. Mitt Romney with the hot dog picture. Is the hot dog bending or is he bending? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. The a good recent one example, is Mitt Romney with the uh, the birthday cake candles. A very good recent example googly. that we just added is uh, throw up one seventeen. Oh, oh my Jonah gosh, Hill he's thing. bending. He's we bending about, this hot dog picture. Oh, wow. We talked about Jonah Hill recently mm-hmm. with his with his girlfriend, and it's like he was trying to talk tough with her, and it might have worked. But if you check the photo, the you know Jonah Hill one seventeen, yeah, he's leaning into her. She's oh. got, yeah, oh. and you know he's got it, and the dog's good. The dog also, is solid. As far as as far as you know the you know the crotch confidence goes, like his crotch faces her rather than the world, while her her own parts they face the entire the world. Out. They are there for the whole world. No, was this the one? Not was this the one that that they broke up and she leaked the tech? Yes, yes, that that person. So, so that's this why is that one, and that's she didn't respect why him. they broke up. Yeah, that's why they broke up. She would have been one hundred percent. Yes, given I her want to obey you and test, please you if he had just stood more straight. He just knew but, about the test, then he would have known that was coming all along. He would have known. The test never. Test never lied. All right. Subscribe to our our Rumble channel, everybody. Email us, freedom at charliekirk.com. That was our deep web reveal. I learned something new every single week. I guess it's more for me than for you. Uh, And so make sure you download the Rumble app. Our Rumble, uh, the Rumble views are amazingly up, praise God. And until next week, keep the thought crimes going because they may soon be outlawed. And if you guys want to make sure that these episodes don't get memory hold, subscribe to our podcast. God bless you guys. See you soon. Commit thought crimes. Thought crime is death.